today on Doomed. <laughs> My life is ruined, Alex. <laughs> All right, if if you don't get what if you don't get what I'm referring to there, I swear to you. All it will make sense soon. On this episode of Doomed with Matt Binder, Ben Collins of NBC News, jo- NBC News, excuse me, joins us to take a look at how Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and the internet in general is radicalizing the next generation of the far right. We'll also be talking about the future of fake news and a whole lot more. Ladies and gentlemen, let me bring up. Our guest at this time, uh, here we go, just the old YouTube, uh, there we are, uh, Ben Collins, how are you doing today? Good, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, thanks for uh, joining me today. No, I'm, I'm excited to be here, I, I, uh, I just love your work, so I'm glad that we can do it. Oh, why thank you, I love your work too. Oh, let's make out. Let's, well, let's, I mean, let's do it, yeah. I mean... We're obviously in the same room because people who are watching yeah. on the YouTube channel sees us side to side. I could just put my arm around. Wait, put my arm around. You. There we go. There we go. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> so, Ben, let's actually get started with this. I mean, there's so much to talk about, so much important stuff to, to get to. And I'm going to start it off with <laughs> this clip that I have been laughing at for the past few days. <laughs> so... For people, uh, I think this actually happened before the last show, and I I briefly mentioned it on the last show. Facebook basically decided that a bunch of uh, far-right Facebook users (laughs) were were dangerous. They considered them to be dangerous, and this includes Molly Annopoulos, Laura Loomer, uh, Alex Jones, Paul Joseph Watson. uh, The list goes on a few more people, I think. But those are the main, the main, the main ones. And Laura, poor Laura Loomer has been basically banned. And when I say poor Laura Loomer, I don't actually mean it. But poor Laura Loomer, she's been basically banned from every major social networking platform. And she goes on Infowars, and there's this clip going around that I just have to play because it's, it's you know, it, it, let's just watch it because I think it speaks for itself. No, of course it's not coming up. One second. <laughs> da Here we go. Crazy, but what are they doing? I want to know what people are actually going to do. My life is ruined. Does anybody understand how ruined my life is? I'm sick of it. I don't want to listen to people tell me that I'm a conspiracy theorist. They don't know what it's like to be me. My life is ruined, Alex. No, I understand. I just think you need to go with it. And, uh, you know, I just, I understand I've been through this myself. Poor Laura Loomer. She's, she, listen, if you're, if you're, if you're that, if you're going that crazy on InfoWars, that Alex Jones has to become the voice of reason and basically say, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. Be like me. I roll with the punches. Right. (laughs) Then, you know, it's, 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 you know, if it was anyone else, I would say it's sad because she's, she's crying. She's literally crying. Yeah. And I just, you know, I can't feel bad for her. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, she made $67,000 this weekend, which has, I've never made a 10th of that in a weekend, um, doing anything. So, um, 
Did so, she? But, did she really? Yeah, she made. Yeah, she did. Um, just fundraising off her deplatforming. So that's the thing is that doctors do this. This is what they're good at. They're good at riling up enough attention to put themselves in spaces so that they have to be covered in this in this sort of way, and they they can also pay the rent. Uh, that's sort of actually kind of like the that's the double edged sword here, right? With this whole deplatforming thing, right? You put them you. You don't have them have this steady drip of disinformation and racist stuff that they do all the time. Like, she was doing this really weird, awful stuff with Jacob Wall and, uh, like, trying to terrorize Ilan Omar for a long time. And then they, like, all these platforms said, that's enough. Like, stop doing this. Like, you're going to hurt somebody. It's going to get really bad quick. So that's the issue is that we have to, like, um, we have to decide, really, if, if that's worth it. Because... If you deplatform them, what they'll do is they'll go and they'll show up back in the trending topics because everyone's seeing this woman chaining herself to the Twitter headquarters, or uh, you know doing that stuff on on Infowars where you know that fit itself is newsworthy. So in in essence, deplatforming them if you want to take away their message might amplify it at least in the immediate. But who knows? Like but now by twenty twenty going like like doing Jacob Wall stuff again with him uh you know you have to you have to weigh the net positive for society if you're a platform like Facebook right absolutely yeah. and you know I play that clip because if we don't laugh at these people then what yeah. what, what 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 is the point then what is the point <laughs> I think like there is this like moral panic amongst amongst the bunch of reporters right now because like this morning for people who are you know Wednesday um, where he held another press conference to say that I, don't, I actually don't even know the point of this press conference. Like I, I saw it happen and I still don't really understand what the takeaway was, but you know, something, something sexual assault, Democrat, something, whatever, like the, you know, his whole formula. Right. Right. And that's, I mean, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if making him, I don't know if there's a way to make him go away from, from society and stop libeling people other than to, uh, other than the courts, which I think is probably where it's going to end up, right? And yeah. you know, Jay, he's he's just a, you know, I mean, he's just a, he's he's the the biggest joke of them all. I mean, at least you know, all these people are terrible, but Jacob Wall is straight up just like, uh, like this is all just yeah. a troll to him. Like there is right. no, there is no like like Laura Loomer believes horrible things. She's a terrible person. Jacob Wall, I don't think he believes anything. He just right. fealty to Trump, right? I mean, that's Jacob Wall. That's the well. That's the thing. Like that, all of those reporters who are like, I don't know, are we are we amplifying this too much? Are we telling are we telling him that if he keeps doing these stunts, that you know he can keep like he'll stay in the news and all this stuff? But I think it's actually important to show how bumbling uh, racists are and people who smear merchants are and how bad they are at like getting doing regular things that anybody else could do, like competently telling a white lie is not that complicated and they have found a way to make it this masterful exercise in messing up every single time oh right every they new way to to like absolutely own themselves every time and i think showing that is part of the news showing that you know that built into the cake of racism and dirty tricks is an inability to do basic human stuff an inability to process factual information so um, I get the reporters who are like, stop giving him attention and stop going to his driveway and all that stuff. But um, showing how terrible your life is if 
um, you go down this path is, is an important part of the story. It's a, like showing the, the denouement of, of being an idiot publicly <laughs> is, is part of the whole thing. Now, you know, I, I actually agree that with you completely on all that. I, I, I don't think there's, you know, obviously it depends on how you, 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 you cover these things. And I think, you know, most responsible reporters and, and commentators know how to handle it. I mean, if, if you're just going to go out there and basically give them a platform to spew whatever they want to spew and not, right. not you know, basically uh, either uh, refute them or basically make fun of them, then, yeah, you're, you're causing a problem. But, I mean, I would say about 99% of people are handling it correctly and that other 1% are their ideological uh, equals. So, <laughs> Oh, totally. I mean, if you both, that's the, that was the issue, right? I think previously had this happened like three or four years ago, it would have been a real problem. Like there, there are people back in the day, like both sidesing Richard Spencer. That's where, how we got to this moment, right? That's how we got to like, sort of like this, this slow creep of neo-Nazism sort of rising in the United States is people like, cred, like credulously covering like bad reporters credulously covering what Richard Spencer had to say and just being like, hey, sir, how do you feel about racism? And he's like, oh, it's great. Like, no, don't do that. Bad. Right, but right. if you go you handle it with the correct amount of skepticism, then it works out great. I think I think that that's, that's what the news is. Like, we're in a, we are in an age of constant graft, of, like, constantly, like, people messing up publicly when trying to scam people out of stuff. Like, permanent summer of a scam. So if you show people failing at it, which is usually what happens, then you are accurate, accurately reporting the moment, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and let's, let's talk about actually, uh, you know, these people that I mentioned earlier who all got kicked off Facebook. And by the way, Facebook handled it horribly. They completely screwed up their, their right. banning of these people. Basically, they, they used it as a as basically a, like a press release. Like a, they had an embargo, it seems like, with a couple of outlets, which is normal, but not for this. This is something that you don't usually, you know, you embargo some sort of platform news when you want to make some big announcement and get all these companies cover all these outlets covering you at once with this great, cool feet new feature or whatever. It's not usually something reserved for you're banning a bunch of terrible people from your platform. Finally, but. Right. Um, they did this, and the news breaks. Uh, again, an embargo means that when the news breaks, Facebook told them to all cover this story and publish at this time. Uh, they didn't ban all the everybody by the time the story broke. So yeah. Milo and Laura Loomer, they all had a chance to go on Instagram and say to everybody, uh, hey, by the way, uh, Facebook's about to ban us from Facebook and Instagram. Follow yeah. us uh, at these other platforms. Yeah, they were like, follow us on Telegram, which is where ISIS and the Russian trolls hang out, by the way. Like, right. like literally, that's like, ISIS used to communicate with people, with people through Telegram because they knew it wouldn't get shut down because their owner is one of those, like, um, like I, we, we, no speech is outlawed on Telegram. So that's where they're headed. Right. Um, it, great platform. But there, but that's the thing is like that's it that's it sort of fueled the conspiracy fire like I was watching uh, don't ask questions but I was watching Infowars afterwards and um, they were like the Facebook colluded with the mainstream media to ban these I'm like nope that's not at all how embargoes work they right. messed up the embargo like presumably what would have happened is they would have banned these people and then like five minutes later the embargo would have came up that would have explained the banning so 
reporters knew it was happening before um, like a massive amount of high profile people lost their accounts because then that would just limit confusion. That, like that makes sense to me as a PR strategy, but they messed it up. They did it backwards and then it made it look like there was some global conspiracy, which is great. Not at all what we need. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know what? I, I really do. I mean, if you just listen, I mean, this is clearly obvious to anyone who's paid attention to Alex Jones at any point. Um, but just especially looking at that Laura Loomer clip, what, what, seeing them side by side, Laura yeah. Loomer, who actually uh, is out of her mind, and Alex Jones, who you can tell is an actor and meticulously plans, well, maybe not meticulously, but has an outline of where he wants to go so he can promote his show by doing these crazy things. Yeah. I, I mean, anything couldn't, it couldn't be clearer than day that when Alex Jones gets banned, he knows that he's playing to an audience to, to try to use it to hype himself up. He's not actually yeah. upset. Like, maybe he's bothered that he's losing... Uh, I mean, I'm sure he's bothered he's losing a platform as big as, you know, when he lost YouTube, because that was his bread and butter. But... In the general sense, he clearly knows how to use this stuff for himself. So, I mean, seeing that Laura Loomer thing was basically like, ah, there we go. Now, now you could really see the the grift that is Alex Jones. Like he's yeah. he's the king of it. You know, there's no one better. He's acutely aware of where the line is, like what looks insane and what looks just like standard. Like you know, you have to buy my supplements, therefore there is a thing in the tap water. <laughs> Like he he knows exactly what to say. He knows where like he knows how to drag people from um, like a deep seated fear in government or you know society generally and drag them over to the store and buy a bunch of boner pills and garbage. So like, that's what he's great at. Once it becomes like you know this overtly political, overtly about themselves, right? They don't want to appear as if like like their livelihoods are at risk because then the jig is up. Right? right. Once Laura Loomer starts to fear that the, the gravy train is ending, that shows and that looks bad. And Alex Jones knows that he can't. He has to like portray strength in this moment, even though he's losing a lot of a uh, losing a lot of reach. So I, that's why I'm sure that's why he reacted in that way. And 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 again, he's pretty like he's a politician, Alex. He's very tight with his talking points. He knows where to go. He knows what to say. Um, he's he's a good he's good at what he does. Oh, absolutely! But what he does is bad for like literally. Absolutely, I've said this on the show before, and I hate to you know I, I don't like to bring it up all the time because it sounds like I'm I'm giving the guy props when full stop I'm not. But legitimately, like you just can't lie about it. Unlike a lot of the other right wing grifters, Alex Jones actually has a talent for broadcasting, much mm-hmm. much like Rush Limbaugh. It's unfortunate that both those people. Uh, choose to use their talent for broadcasting for terrible, horrible things. And if you talk to ex-Infowars employees and you see their sort of testimonials, they're like, they're like, I live in Austin. I get paid as like a board op or like a, like just like a basic job at Infowars. I get paid a hundred grand plus a year in Austin, Texas. I get great health insurance. Infowars has great health insurance. Wait, what? No, they do. They, Are you they, being serious? So like it's a great the thing is if you are willing to overcome like the fact that you are doing work for a very scary operation it's a pretty good job and that's why in, in that's why when people leave they don't say much usually because like the moral qualms don't overcome the good salary that you get and the you know the good benefits that you get I, I this know. is just, yeah this if you read about stuff you can look this up but 
if you read about like people who leave, they're like, yeah, this is, of course, like he he treats his employees well, which is obvious. Like it doesn't make any sense also because he's not about that. Like that's not. It's not, it's also it's also not something that's typical with a lot of those those yeah. those guys. Like oh of course like yeah like the like for example like the blaze had to be sold because it was hemorrhaging cash. Like, but again, he runs a tight ship. He has yeah he has like multiple profit streams. He like he used to sell ads. Now he mostly um, it's subscription. Right. Um, subscription bone broth, <laughs> I guess. Like, so he gets people to give him 20 bucks a month for a $5 product. And that's, that's how he does it. And he's, he, again, he's skilled at it. This is what, right. just like in the old days when people used to go town to town and be like, um, I, I've cured this man's cancer. Take this, you know, <laughs> random pill. He's, he's just a, doing that on the internet. It's not, it's not, it's not complicated. It's a huge old thing. He's a carny. Yeah. Yeah, except that's the problem. Like the issue is that's why I think people get angry at journalists because they think we're like harping on the platforms and like we hate Facebook and YouTube. But like we just don't like that that it's like the carnies run the plat the carnies run these things. They have more power than ever right. because they've manipulated these incredible marketing machines. It's like they ha- it's like they have a billboard outside of every like like vulnerable 13-year-old's window every morning. And I think that journalists see this and we're like, that's obviously bad. Like, we should be reporting on this from every angle. And, and, and I, I get why people are sick and talking about Facebook and YouTube and stuff. But that's that's the issue with them is that they didn't take responsibility for this for a long time. And now they're like, maybe they're overcorrecting. Uh, no, but they're, they're, it's a, uh, they're finally starting to take some action. I, I honestly would probably uh, give Mark Zuckerberg a pass every now and then. If he was yeah. just openly, openly a carny, actually. Like if he was just like, step right up to the biggest social network on earth, you know, or something like, if it was something like that, I would actually be like, I mean, this is entertaining. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's, if you view Facebook as a carnival, it's just like a really high-end, very good carnival, right? I mean, and it's for the same people. It's for people who need to, like, keep pumping coins into the slot, right? And that's what they do every day. Like, that's how you, that's how we have such, like, boomer rot on that. On that platform, yeah. It's unfortunate that instead we get Mark Zuckerberg who steps on stage and goes, oh, the platform, is, we, we value your privacy on the platform. Ha, 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 here's a joke. Ha, ha, ha. And nobody laughs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. is like, I think that he he has taken advantage of the fact, and not in a, I don't think in a cruel way. I think a lot of this stuff is just negligence. I don't think he's, like, I, I think he just tried to operate a platform to try to make money and uh, he didn't, like at every step, he was he was not in line with what reality is. With the fake news stuff, he was three months behind. With these extremists, he's many, many, many months behind. With the privacy stuff, um, I think he's starting to catch up now. But, but like, all right, that, that's just not. He's not all the way there on what the actual problems in the platform are, and he won't be for the next one, whatever it is. I don't know what it is yet. All right, and so yeah. let's let's actually talk a little bit about. Um, before we get to what the, what the future of all this holds, uh, going into the next big election, 2020, let's actually, yeah. because, um, I, I, you know, we connected, uh, talking about, uh, YouTube specifically yeah. and, um, at, you know, this sort of speaking of Facebook and Twitter, these companies, you know, they all have a, a place, they, they all have a responsibility basically. Yeah. Uh, based on where we are today, with all of with with the far right, uh, the radicalization of of young impressionable minds, um, basically the fact that like 
there's a subset of video gamers who are basically uh, using the same grifter right-wing tactics to harass people. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, all, all this has to do with these companies. But probably the one that, you know, still, even though it gets so much coverage now, I still think it's overlooked when people talk about uh, Facebook and Twitter. I think YouTube has so much power when it comes to all this. And frankly, as much as I love YouTube, uh, they do the least to take care of it, to do something, yeah. to do something about it. They have a very hands-off approach, and that's you know that's that's on them. That's if that's how they want to do run their platform. There's nothing illegal about that. Uh, they can run their platform like that. We can criticize them for running their platform like that. But I don't think they have quite come to terms with what their platform, intentional or not, has given a sort of society at this point. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that's what it is with all of these people. And we've, we've, we've all had conversations with executives at all of these companies. And what we have, what we keep saying every, all the time to them, we say it to their faces now and we're like, look, you know, what's the, what the the larger problem here is that you guys created a thing that you didn't expect to be evil because why would you do that? You created a thing that you thought was gonna be great. You created a thing that you could post your your kid falling off a sled, like whenever you wanted to, and then a remix of the kid falling off a sled, and you're like, how could this possibly be bad? This is like incredible and perfect. And I agree with you. Like if it remained that way, that's ex- <laughs> that's an amazing platform. And like right. frankly, it should have been more like platform hygiene and maintenance to make sure it remains that way but over time the carnies and the grifters knowing that if they come into town and they offer you the magic serum um and knowing that they can make a lot of money and knowing that they can increase their reach every time by making their claims more extreme uh and making the person that they're curing more sick right then that's that's the issue like they they didn't see the carnies coming in because the carnies were well I don't even say they were well dressed. I just don't. I just don't think they thought it was a problem. Um, so th- that's what they it, were. That's what it is. They were dressed like clowns and said, "Hey, clowns belong in the carnival, yeah. so bring them on in." <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're like, and they're, they're like, "This clown's getting annoying." And then, but but the problem is, like, they didn't understand that the clowns were like going and telling like kids to go shoot up schools and stuff, right? Right. Or, like, and people were intuiting that from their message. Right. They didn't realize but, the clowns were all Pennywise. Right. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly what was going on. So I, I, I get it. Um, every time we have these conversations with them, and we're like, "Look, we don't think you're evil. We don't think it's. Uh, we don't think you sent out to like go and make sure Nazis came back on the world, which is a weird thing. But it happens. So it's time to like. It seems like it's time to make it so your platform is not the platform for that. Like I have no problem if you want to be the platform that hosts those people. But I would just like you to be more upfront about it and be more transparent about what that actual platform is doing, because we know from the research that's what's happening. So not just just living in denial with it is a is a bad plan. That's all. Right. And my, you know, I, I sort of think that they are waking up to it a bit, but I think we're now at the point now where they've basically drawn their line in the sand and have picked a side. I think Facebook, 
you know, I think they're probably the worst of all the companies on privacy issues because they clearly don't care about privacy. But yeah. when it comes to the dangerous right wingers, uh, and I say dangerous because it's an odd uh, in, in like quotations here because I think it's an odd sort of. I don't know. I think giving calling them for the platform to call them dangerous themselves. Yeah, yeah, it gives them too much power, right? I think it's it's it was unnecessary to give it that distinction. I mean, there's other ways to. They continually repeated racist and extremist views, like that, and they didn't stop when confronted with facts, right? And they they were fundraising, right? Like that. All the let's you can just see what they were doing. You don't right. have to label them in any way. They broke. Like, Look, this is not right. We don't want people becoming rich off of racism and extremism on our platform. That's not a complicated sentence, but that's what that's really what it is, right? Right. They broke our terms of service. How hard would that have been? Like that's legitimate. Like <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, but I th- you know I think Facebook is taking especially you know they had this ridiculous God it's just all coming to my mind now all the all the random mess ups these companies have done through the years. But yeah. they, they finally fixed that ridiculous distinction where they said, white supremacist, not okay on our platform. White nationalist, white separatist, come on in, as if there's any sort of... Look, I, I always, like, it was baffling to me when, that was a big Richard Spencer thing, and this is why I think, it, he's actually a really good case study for how we messed this whole thing up and how it got changed. So, if you wrote that Richard Spencer was a white supremacist on your on your website three years ago or like blog or newspaper or whatever, he would come at you and be like, I'm going to sue you. I'm not supremacist, white supremacist. I don't think white people are better than, than black people or Hispanic people. I think that we should be in different places. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so he was like, I'm a white nationalist. And that's, that's what I think. So everyone just bended the knee to that. Everyone just called him a white nationalist. Every white supremacist. But the problem is if you think about it, how are you going to get a whites only nation? How's that going to happen? Right. There's right. a leave voluntarily. Everybody else is just, you know, almost a half the population is going to just, just be like, oh, okay, cool. Well, let's go back to where we were from thousands in, in some cases of years ago. Yeah, sure. That, that makes sense. Like, that's not going to happen here. It's not going to happen in Europe. It's not going to happen anywhere. So the premise of white nationalism is like, oh, let's have a race-based civil war to kick out <laughs> or sort of like eugenics-based. Like, it's just... Like it, it's impossibly worse than white supremacy, if you if you ask me. So it was always nuts to me that that was a that that was an acceptable formula, and now that loophole, which never should have been a loophole, is gone. Right, right, and it's you know the, the, to me the craziest thing was it wasn't like the Richard Spencers were out there calling themselves white supremacists, and then Facebook came up with this rule, and then they were like suddenly, oh, we're actually white nationalists now. The worst thing to me was these guys actually set the conversation for Facebook to say, no, those guys are actually different. Like Richard Spencer was a white nationalist, saying he was a white nationalist up front first. He was never calling himself a white supremacist. So that means Facebook actually knew what these guys, I mean, I I don't see, I guess they can claim that they thought there was a difference legitimately and they weren't trying to, but I mean, you gotta be real. I mean, maybe they're not as smart as they'd like to think. Maybe they're really good at coding, but stupid when it comes to literally just basic street smarts. I mean, but right. Well, that, that was the problem. And that's, that's two issues here, right? One, like all these people in tech think that the only thing that's important is getting a STEM degree and like getting like a degree in that field and liberal arts are useless. And like, why do we even have like arts, 
I'm like, that's this is why we have arts because, like, the the important thing is these the Nazis were coming back, but they were wearing like white polo shirts instead of like clan hoods, and you guys couldn't identify it because you didn't read the books. You just went and coded. Right. So you you needed somebody at an executive level to tell these people, hey, listen, guys, um, these are bad people. But the things that they're saying is not different from the KKK. They're just in a different outfit. <laughs> like that was necessary years ago. Now they're catching up. Now they're getting all these people who have, you know, who have history degrees or whatever. And now, now they're understanding that you can't just turn on the turn on the machine and walk away from it and expect society to survive it. Right, right. And so let's let's talk about uh, let's actually bring up you were on uh, MSNBC earlier today uh, yeah. talking about. Uh, specifically talking about deepfakes, but in a but in a broader sense, and we'll we'll get to you can explain what deepfakes are in a second, um, but more broadly, actually talking about uh, another major issue with these tech platforms. We we covered the the far right radicalization, and maybe we'll we'll touch upon that again in a, in a minute. But put that aside for a second. The other major issue right now, there's many, but the other major issue is basically the misinformation the fake news, the propaganda that really has always been on the internet but was sort of weaponized in a way that it was never before weaponized uh, in 2016 and subsequently is probably going to, well, not probably, almost certainly going to get worse in 2020. Right. And, and like, the the scariest thing with deepfakes to me is just pictures. There's this website called thispersondoesnotexist.com and every time you refresh it, there is a uh, a new picture of a person that isn't real, but looks entirely real, like a composite image of several different people in like varying in age. If you need a baby, just refresh it five times. If you need a woman, just refresh it twice. It's just like, it's horrifying. And the problem is that's, that is a direct crack in our ecosystem for spotting um, foreign uh, influence campaigns like the way we the way a lot of reporters including when i was at the daily beast we found a ton of the the, the russian trolls um the way we could do it is be like this person is claiming to be jenna from kansas who loves american football and uh like cheese dip and she's really this woman named anna who has an account in vk in in uh ukraine right so like, we knew that that wasn't the same person. We were able to identify that person because they were using stock photos or photos of their friends on, on, on social media accounts. Now they don't even need that. Now they can create their their own person instantly, um, and it's untraceable. Like, we, there's no way we'd be able to tell as reporters that these images are not somebody else. Um, and that, that allows them to get away with massive disinformation campaigns. If you... If you want to create an entirely new identity, whether it's it doesn't have to be Russia. I always say this like Russia's bad. They did a terrible thing. They spent a lot of money and they did really good work for for the for the amount of money they did. They had like like for the cost of a half a year of LeBron James, they really messed with our elections. It's crazy. They did it. It may not happen again in that way, but that's what happened. The problem is everybody else took this playbook. Really bad people um, in the United States trying to. I, I would guess the Democrats are going to do this to Republicans too this time have taken that playbook because it's so cheap and so easy and so effective to just spread lies about people. Um, we see Jacob Wall do it, but he's terrible at it. Imagine, like, I'm sure there are people that are doing it well, but we don't even know who they are because they're doing it well. Does right. That 
Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I actually, I actually disagree with you a little bit about cool. about about Russia. Uh, yeah. I, but I think what they basically did is they created. I don't think the social media stuff they did had much of an effect. Again, we'll never know how much of an effect. Uh, even me saying not much of an effect with 2016 in mind could still have been enough to affect something. Right. But I don't it, think they were... Wait, like really quickly. It, yeah, it matters if Pizzagate was them or not because we'll never know. Like, we right. know that the hacked materials provided Pizzagate. Pizzagate became QAnon. QAnon became some murders. So it's right. like... You know right. what I'm saying? So, like, it depends on, like, it, I don't think by itself, like, any of those accounts did anything. But there's some, like, loose ends that if they were good at hiding them, that's, it's it's important to know. But anyways, I, I cut you off, sorry. No, I, I, I also think it's important to people who, who listen to the show know I've been speaking nonstop about separating all the stuff that have, that's come out of the Mueller report that's Russia-related. Um, the hacking material clearly extremely effective yep uh so let's put that aside uh the social media stuff that's where i'm sort of like but what they but what they did do though is they did create this sort of you know what they actually did i think not important but by doing what they did they created this sort of uh they they, i don't know how to put this sort of like a a wounded they've wounded the discourse they've made everyone permanent unease until like like who, like is this person real like what's happening like uh do, do people actually believe this or is this just inflated by a foreign government right right so yeah. basically what they actually did they knew nothing about you know actually playing the game of american politics and a lot of those posts they sounded like they didn't even have like a third grade understanding of the u.s politics but what they did do is because they were all they were so many bots and, and disinformation out there that people were just sort of, you know, they're hearing all these things about this, 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 basically this foreign influence campaign, and they sort of made everyone suspicious of everyone. And yeah. what I think is going to, and, and I think here's what's going to happen, actually. I think the worry is, and this is why I think the 2016 stuff they did do social media-wise is important, is that it's going to set the tone going forward for probably forever. I don't see it ever. I don't see how it's ever going to go back. And that tone is basically that there's going to be people who are going to be really good at doing this stuff, inspired by what they saw. Yeah. And it's not going to be foreign, I don't think. I think it's going to be from the... Right, America- it, there's always going to be something tonally off about a, a person who doesn't live here trying to get our language right. It's just, it, it's always going to be like that. That's, right. Like, when, they, when they tried to make YouTube videos, it was hilarious. There was this, um, there was this thing called Williams and Calvin. Have you heard of them? So, right, 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 um, right. Williams and Calvin were like they hire, basically what what it is is uh, they they took these two uh, black men from from Africa who were students at Moscow State University <laughs> and they said um, we'll give you a bunch of money if you pretend to be from Georgia and hate Hillary Clinton and make YouTube videos but they they didn't understand anything at all about American culture so like one time they tried to say they were talking about Louisiana the whole time and they called it L A because they thought it was the same thing because the postal code abbreviation. So like they were just, they just saying they kept saying like ah oh, yeah New Orleans L A like oh actually eh. like so like the that's the thing is like the more the more complicated you try to get with this stuff the the worse it is the shittier it is and that's why I think like when we like you said if somebody has a native um, understanding of American politics and uses that playbook 
they are in very good shape. Like, it's uh, you can really do a lot of damage very quickly. I think that'll happen in local elections too. I don't think it's just right. I, this is like a, like a permanent thing in all in all of uh, democracy now. Right, and you know, speaking of, like, let's get to the fake news aspect of this. You know, the original meaning of fake news was basically people who created websites strictly knowing they were just making up shit because they got clicks on Facebook, yeah. and they were able to get advertising revenue from it. Uh, and that was originally what fake news was to describe those mm-hmm. websites. And you know, that's really, I think, you know, in, in a sense. The American right wing has always uh, used these sort of disinformation tactics. It's always been a part, I mean, Fox News, uh, the various different right wing media, whether it's, you know, uh, a site like Breitbart, whether it's an old school site, like, I don't know, Drudge Report. Um, But they weren't really using it in the way that we saw in 2016. They basically, you know, would take something that was out there and twist it, say something that was true out there and twist it to mean something to, to use for their own benefit. But what they, what I think they've discovered in 2016 is that we don't even need to work in the realm of reality. We could right. just make shit up wholesale and also use these other social media tactics like bots. Uh, we see it with Jacob Wall, even though he's... I guess just as good as at it as the yeah. Russians were. <laughs> and yeah, no, I, I would say they're about on the same plane, right? Right. It's insane because he has a home field advantage that he's just not using. But yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a real shame, yeah. Uh, yeah. But well, you know, it's I don't know. It's like I, I wanted to make a joke before, like it's, it'd be like the equivalent of like Faith Goldie coming over here and trying to be, you know, I mean, she is a, a right wing figure here, but. If she pretended to be American, and it's like, you can't pull one over me. You say a boot, but your yeah. example, but your your example that actually happened is way funnier. So, no, no... Yeah. <laughs> and I do think like so like I always call it the human centipede of bad information. Like there's there's, um, there is this ecosystem that exists on the right that didn't exist a couple of years ago, but was derivative of like a 1990s sort of political smear. Um, ecosystem and basically what it is is that um, you put a rumor I I will say this so like every single one of these platforms has a check right every single one of them has some sort of editorial um, judgment where they will well they'll say like oh we're not going to report on random stuff from fortune a thing started and ended up on Fox News at the end of the day and it's not complicated how it happens um, because everybody has their own standards. So if, say I wanted to start a rumor tomorrow that, um, what's a, give me a politician. Uh, Bernie Sanders. All right. Bernie Sanders uh, has, uh, they love diseases. So it's, um, Bernie Sanders has crippling glaucoma. Like it is <laughs> a level at which even weed will not help the glaucoma. So I go, on 4chan and I post I've heard Bernie Sanders doctor personally that Bernie Sanders glaucoma is fatal he's the first person ever with fatal glaucoma it is incredible <laughs> but here he is fatal glaucoma. so while Fox News would not be like look at that 4chan post about Bernie Sanders having glaucoma what, what will happen is and this is not on purpose by the people somebody at 4 uh, that 4chan post will be posted to reddit um, Reddit has really little editorial checks, but they stopped posted somewhere. They're not making it up. They got it from 4chan, right? 
the Gateway Pundit, which is America's dumbest blog in the world, period, will, will in fact, just take random stuff from Reddit. They won't take it from 4chan, they'll take it from Reddit. So they'll say, like, according to this Reddit user, blah, 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 right? That Bernie Sanders dying of glaucoma. And then, from there, uh, InfoWars will take it. They'll, they'll put it on their show. They'll be like, InfoWars has seen this, this post, and they're working to confirm that Bernie Sanders is dying of glaucoma. And then, from there... Very easily, the Drudge Report, which used to not link to InfoWars or the Gateway Pundit, but they do all the time now. And the Drudge Report has one, is one of the largest traffic drivers in the history of the internet. In the 90s, it was critical in um, pushing stuff about the Clintons. And it, was, it sort of moderated itself throughout the early 2000s, but then once Trump came up, it was not the case. So then it's on the Drudge Report. And then Rush Limbaugh will talk about the thing on the Drudge Report because he has to fill time on the radio. And then Fox News will be like, today, Rush Limbaugh talked about Bernie Sanders' uh, terrible diagnosis of <laughs> fatal glaucoma. <laughs> and then I'm at home. I started this thing on 4chan 20 minutes ago, or not 20 minutes ago, but like probably seven or eight hours, right? And I'm like, well, maybe it's true. I, I just made this up, but it's on Fox News, so maybe he does have glaucoma. Maybe he's dying of glaucoma. Like, like, I have done this thing. And that's how it eats itself, right? It's like a human centipede. It's just kind of like you feed it. Um, excrement, and it gets fed back to you over time because you feel like you may have just hit on something if you're on 4chan, but really the checks at each line break down. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. That's I mean, your example was a perfect diagnosis of the problem and also a, a good diagnosis of Bernie Sanders. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, bringing up a, a few points of what you said there, it is always shocking to me, and it's and it's something I know, and it's not something that's you know it's news to me, but it's always sh still shocked me when I see, and it really just shows you just how old the right wing in this country is, just how the Drudge Report is still such a huge traffic driver. Yeah, it's it's such an old school website. It's never changed. It's like how it works. It's just literally able to continue to drive so much traffic based on. It got there in the, what, the mid-90s, I think, early on when the internet was just taking off. There was no other news site like it, you know, pushing out this sort of alternative, non-mainstream news. Yeah. Um, it was probably one of the first um, ideological news websites on the internet. And basically, it's just subsisting off of uh, old right-wingers who made it their homepage back in the back in the 90s when they first got on the internet. Yeah. And that's the thing is like people used to use it as like people in the news used to use it as like an assignment editor. It's like, oh, it's the top of drudge. Like we got to do something about it. Right. It, it, especially people in like um, traditional mainstream media who wanted to know what was going on in the middle of the country because I thought Matt Drudge had a really good sort of um, brain for it. And I think at, at the time he did. And now it's a lot more extreme than it used to be. But that's that's the thing is that even like so uh, I think it was uh, it was Gizmodo, who did that, who ha had the initial post about um, Facebook moderators like taking down Republican content, which wound up being way overblown. But they talked about headlining that story, but a head putting a headline in that story that would have been like drudge bait, right? They all know the headlines that drudge likes, and if they get those headlines, they get traffic, and then that traffic allows them to keep their job. So. All, this whole ecosystem is bad. Like it's it's slowly like breaking down, and like it, it's probably good for society that it's breaking down. 
but it is very like everybody's complicit and it's awful. <laughs> like, right. It's really, yeah. Right. The f- funny that you bring up that Gizmodo uh, story because my uh, editor at Mashable is uh, Mike Nunez, and he's the guy who yeah. who broke that story. <laughs> and, no, that's the thing. That was a great story. Right. It was sort of, you know, in that way where they knew that it was going to be um, a, a bonkers story on the right. And it was correct. It was a true story. But that's what happens is like they take these, they take the grand truth and they expand. Like that happened to me during the 2016 election. I broke the story about Hillary Clinton. Um, do you remember Correct the Record? You know, right. Yep. Right. So like. I could uh, never forget Correct the Record. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's what happened. I, I know. So like. In 2016, uh, Hillary Clinton's there was a super PAC by David Brock who runs Media Matters and um, Share Blue and stuff like that, and it was going to be called Correct the Record, and they had devoted a million dollars in their the subhead of the story was about correcting people on Facebook and Reddit about the the record about Hillary Clinton, which is an awful press release and not good and like not a thing that they should have been doing really or at least admitting that they were doing right. But I wrote up. And then for the rest of the election cycle, for seven months or something, all any if you liked Hillary Clinton on the internet, you were a correct the record shill who was being paid by David Brock. Now, I don't know how these people this is one million dollars in like lobbying money. That probably lasted for like ninety million dollars in Washington DC just goes nowhere. Right. But it was this like it became this totem for the right that no one can actually like Hillary Clinton. It's clearly this super PAC correcting you on Reddit or Facebook or Twitter or something. And I felt I was like, I started this. I should not have like I like in hindsight, like this should not have been a 400 word story. I should have dove deeper. But again, you're driven by scoops. That's the thing on the internet. So it's it is a I was, I'm part of the ecosystem. Everybody, everybody at some level, at some point is complicit in this like weird internet ecosystem that needs to be changed. And the best way to change it is for millionaires to give journalists millions of dollars. Thank you. Give <laughs> <laughs> them a minute. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's going to come. It's going to eventually happen. I, I, I'm, I've been seeing that. I, I don't remember who. I Probably Facebook is, is thinking of funding i mean they they do already uh pay a number of uh outlets to fact check yeah. and in their uh ever uh brilliant idea to look like they're not taking any sides one of those fact checkers i believe is the daily caller yeah it's uh, a it's a parent company or like associate company of the daily call it's right. a lot, like it's crazy right it, it's yeah no i, I it, they they stop using they stopped using Snopes recently because Snopes is like this whole thing is not working like we don't this is not working out well and then they added the Daily Caller people like a couple months later not not a great buy right right I, yeah. you know so much speaking of all the issues that these social media companies uh, have uh, so much of their problems actually come to the come from this need this this obsession of theirs that they need to be perceived as being right down the middle. Yep. And no matter what that means to them, it just means, you know, if the left says something uh, or outlets they perceive to be on the left say something and then outlets that perceive they perceive to be on the right say something, then the truth has to be a little bit of both or somewhere right in the center of that. 
It's never that, hey, maybe one side is actually telling the 100% truth and the right. other side is telling a bald-faced lie. Yeah. And, and that, that, that's, that's the issue, right? Is that, like, even in the most just society on the planet, Democrats and Republicans will not tell the equal amount of truth no matter what because that's not how math works. So, like, if you are weighing it like, you know, we need 50 stories of Republican truth and 50 stories of Democrat truth, then you're not telling the truth. That's not what the truth is. That's not what that that is not how um, like neutrality works. Um, neutrality is taking in the facts and repeating them um, in a way that is truthful. And sometimes just some people break the law more than others. And some people, some parties do, and some groups of people do uh, like, like I, people like cr criminals are not a partisan uh, concept. And if you start treating them that way, if you need one person in jail from each party, then you are in deep trouble. Like, don't do that. Right. <laughs> right. So b before we go on to the, the our last uh, t topic here, I, I want to just go back to deep fakes for a second because there's sure. I, I want to talk a little bit more about that. Um, so you were saying before that you think that the biggest issue with deep fakes is going to be the sort of um, you know, th these photos that are, are basically just completely compiled uh, and, and these people don't exist. And I, I, I guess they'll be used to, to, to make it look like there's a real face behind bot accounts and things like that. Um, I, I actually, um, for me, and, and we might, 2020 actually may be a little bit too soon for this, but there are some people who are already using this technology to make extremely realistic looking 100% fake videos. Yep. And honestly, I think sort of where we are uh, in this country with, uh, you know, with everyone so, the discourse is so all over the place. I don't even think they necessarily need to be that well done for one side of the country, uh, one party to say, uh, oh, that's definitely true. Look at it. It's on video. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so no, I, I, so yeah. I, I think there's going to be basically, we're going to see some posts where it's like video leaks of Obama saying, uh, fuck Donald Trump or something like that. And it's going to be this really bad video, uh, of, uh, a lip synced Barack Obama saying, Oh, fuck Donald Trump. You know, it's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be things yeah. like that, and then it's gonna get passed around like crazy. And for, not to be ageist here, but for people over the age of fifty, it's gonna be very convincing for them. <laughs> no, and, and yeah, and I think so. I completely agree with this, and I, I think part of it too is that we saw that people don't even need proof last time. Like there are fake, especially because I, I I cover QAnon a lot. There are fake Hillary Clinton quotes about like hanging people and like murdering people that exists exclusively in that ecosystem that were never ever said in any capacity and telling and being like look this has been debunked by everyone in the world it doesn't matter because like they're they think that snopes is a liberal rag and the washington post is uh doesn't exist or i don't know <laughs> i actually don't even know what their what their end game is with that so like <laughs> with no evidence at all they have created an ecosystem of doubt and fear and hatred with bad evidence, they can probably do even more. Um, it does again. I keep saying this: like it doesn't have to be good. Like this is it wasn't good in 2016, and it worked great. I think that people that that's the thing that I think that whether it was 
uh, foreign disinformation or disinformation generally. I think everyone had a feeling. Um, it was a great Guardian article from a couple of years ago that went around Pennsylvania before the election, and they were talking to. Uh, um, you broke up there for a second. Who are they talking potential to? Potential voters. Okay. Uh, so, like, uh, yeah, there was a great Guardian article a couple of years ago before the 2016 election. They were talking to potential voters in the suburbs of Pennsylvania, and they kept like they were kept talking to people, and they were like, uh, "So, who are you voting for?" They're like, "I don't really like either of them, but I guess I'm gonna vote for Donald Trump." And they're like, "Why?" And uh, they were like, "Well, Hillary's going to jail." They were like, "What? What do you mean?" They're like, "She's just going." I said, it's saw it on Facebook, and I just know she's going to jail. I just know that the jail is where she's headed, and I can't have a president that's in jail, so I'm voting for Donald Trump. And what I realized, and I think what a lot of people realized was, there was no specific message. There was no specific thing that the Russians said. There's no specific thing that American disinformation agents said. It was just creating a feeling that this woman was a criminal. This woman was about to head to jail. And that was the whole point of it. It was to create, it didn't matter which specific message got in your head. Just that something rattled around in the back of your head. This, this woman was either a, like, like a spawn of Satan or... <laughs> Like, literally, again, is a jail or a uh, in that it didn't matter the specific way they learned it. It just mattered that over time there was a steady drip over and over again that you could, that of course she was in jail. So, like, that's the thing is like, you can do 500 deep fakes, and if only one of them sort of like rattles around in the back of your head, it worked. Right. Um, and that's that's what we have to be prepared for. Whoever is the nominee on both sides here, too, like I, I'm sure there will be efforts by unscrupulous Democrats because, um, of course, our mathematics that's going to happen. So we, we just have to prepare against that as a democracy. Like this is important. We got to get people out there knowing that you know not all this information that you see on 4chan and Twitter from anonymous accounts is real, and you got to start trusting some of the press. I don't care who it is. Just pick a guy and trust him. So or woman. <laughs> right, right. And and I think that segues yeah. into our, our very last thing. We won't, we won't uh, go too long on it. But it's sort of, you know, where does this, you know, I think what, I mean, and there's no better time to talk about this now, actually, than I'm looking at it right now. Donald Trump is, was doing a rally earlier. I think he might be still be on stage. I'm not sure. But um, he, he was basically... Uh, you know, his usual rallies are from 2016, but I think the sort of everything we've been talking about, all this, the, the fake news, the uh, weaponization of social media, the, the just the, 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 the bullshit that's out there seeps from the computer screens and our mobile phone screens onto stage in the real world at these Donald Trump rallies, and it gets, you know, violent. Yeah. No, I, I'm really, I am genuinely worried about political violence. And I, I think that that's what happened. Like before the midterms, we saw the pipe bomb guy who was like, we, people don't think about this enough. If this guy was competent at making bombs, that would have been like the craziest thing that ever happened. But he was an idiot. So thank God, none of those bombs went off. Um, and then the synagogue shooter too, who just like couldn't take it. Like he couldn't take that people weren't doing something about this, this migrant caravan that was being sent by the Jews. That's not going to stop happening. Like visceral political messages that are built on lies are going to drive people to violence. And that's that, especially when it's when people keep saying, like, this is a mortal danger to your life. The immigrants coming up from Mexico. Right. If people keep saying this at that tone, 
then people are going to take action because people, not everybody in the world understands the political theater of it. Um, and that's what you saw. That's how we have dead people in a synagogue in in uh, like a couple days before the election. It's because, like, literally that, that guy, Robert Bowers, his whole thing was the um, the migrant caravan is, is coming. It's being, it has a Star of David on the side of one of the trucks. It's being sent by George Soros. we got to stop it. And that was a standard Republican talking point before all that happened. So that's that's the issue. It can get violent, and it has gotten violent. And the idea that this is going to go away in the next 18 months as this stuff ramps up and as people become mortal enemies, I, I, there's, it's going to be – I'm just – I'm personally extremely scared of it, and I'm like warning people like a – I sound like Alex Jones now. I sound like a doomsday guy. But <laughs> – I just th- I think it's gonna be a, a tough couple of months in the United States, and we'll, hopefully it doesn't happen. That's like that'd be the greatest thing. But the best way to do it is find a boomer and defuse them, and <laughs> find a teenager, a dis- disaffected teenager, and defuse them too. And everybody else should be okay. We have a duty to do this as a, as Americans. Like everybody between everybody who's like living in reality and understanding that this is just political garbage. Go and talk, talk them down. Talk them off the roof, please. And folks, buy lots of canned beans just in case. Have them stored up. Have them stored up. Yeah, you know. <laughs> most important, buy Brain Force Plus. It's the only way to get you through this moment. <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, it, it's, it won't be surprising when Alex Jones comes out with a literal, I mean, it probably already exists, his literal, like, branded, for specifics, like, like the... T- the 2020 uh, bunker uh, package, you know, it's yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, like, <laughs> not, not ter- we should send him that. I'm sure he'd really like that. It's a good idea. Yeah. Ben Collins of NBC News. We could talk honestly. I could bring up 20 different topics, but that means I'll just have to invite you on the show again uh, for yeah. in the future. Uh, you Absolutely. should you should explain your where people can find you on Twitter because your Twitter account is quite the uh the i don't know the the brain fuck so go ahead <laughs> yeah I, so i did it as a troll an editor back in the day told me to change my twitter account so i did it to like the most complicated thing in the world it's also a good way to mess with people who are trying to do it so it's the words one underscore like o-n-e and then underscore the spelled out and then two underscores after that um <laughs> i'm never changing it um everyone's just gonna have to deal with it it's great for me because a nice woman there's a nice lady who one underscore with one underscore after it who gets like 90% of my hate mail. I feel bad for her. I owe her a drink. But that, that's what it is. It's the words one underscore with two underscores after it. Or you can just look me up on Twitter with my name and it probably should come up. I mean, it's it speaks to how, you know, people have to really search out for you on Twitter. And you have a decent amount of Twitter followers. You got more than me. So, I mean, I, it's... Yeah, they're all making mistakes. But that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> All right, Ben, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight, and uh, talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Matt. Take care. All right, hanging up here on the Skype, bloop, bloop, going to the second half of the show. But before we do that, folks, patreon.com slash mattbender, support the show. Uh, I asked for a measly $5 a month, but you can give less. You can give more. You can, uh, I don't know, give nothing at all, I guess, but that would not involve you joining the Patreon at all. So patreon.com slash mapbender. Uh, help me grow the show. Uh, I am going to be actually starting to do, and I know I've been teasing all these various ideas I have going through my head to all of you, 
whether it's on this part of the show or in the members patron half that we're going into now, I feel like for weeks, if not months, but I am going to start doing these solo YouTube content, uh, you know, short two to five, six, seven minute videos that basically will cover topics throughout the week. Uh, I don't know if I'll combine them and repurpose it as podcast material. I'm deciding on that, but they'll be on YouTube uh, along with the regular long-form YouTube live streams slash podcast. So you should be subscribed to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Matt Binder or doomed.tv. Both will take you to the YouTube channel. Um, Hit subscribe. That's free. If you're watching on YouTube, and would like to give a one-off little tip, you can do that via the YouTube Super Chats. Uh, it will promote your chat comment to the top of the live chat. And uh, you can give me, uh, I believe, you could just give me like as little as like 99 cents or something like that. Uh, maybe even less. I don't even know. But at least I think it's 99 cents. Um, also support this show by going to iTunes and leaving a review for the podcast. Five-star review, if you'd like. Uh, Written review, if you'd like. All that really helps get the word out there. Um, Also, uh, uh, basically, uh, if you'd like, jump into your favorite YouTube channel comments (laughs) and spam the show. Hell, why not, right? I'm sure enough of you already do it to Sam Cedar on The Majority Report and Michael Brooks on The Michael Brooks Show. So uh, branch out, do some other shows too. All right, everybody, let me uh, read off the patrons that make this show possible. Make this show possible. Abigail T, Adam Q, Alan B, Andrew H, Benji A, Bobby M, Champagne Kami, uh, Chi, Christine H, Colin R, Dave K, David uh, Z, uh, Dragon Slayer, Dum Dum Dum, Floaties, Fries K, Francis Z, FTW All Day, Greg D, Ian J, Jameson Test, uh, Janelle A, Jasmine H, Jeff K, Jonathan B, Jordan V, Joseph R, Josh C, Katie S, Kyle, Lisa D, Max W, User Me, Michael J, Michael M, Mr. Dinks, uh, Nicole A, Namde Net, Omid M, Romina O, Cena, Struggle Session, TM, Tamni G, Thaddeus A, Tina M, uh, Tom G, Tom M, Trine E, Will P, and Zarin. Eventually, there'll be a point where there's so many of you that I won't be able to read every single one of you. Uh, Help me get to that point. (laughs) Patreon.com slash Matt Binder. See you all in the second half of the show. Uh, For the uh, the podcast listeners, uh, see you later on Doomed. Doomed.